Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com, here with a name you know. We, we've interviewed him, but it's been, it's been years. Years have passed, and so much has changed. And now we're talking MLW, Kings of Coliseum, Wednesday, 7 p.m., is streaming on their YouTube. It'll be streaming on Fightful.com. We'll have it embedded. We'll have coverage and discussion of the show. But we got Cord Bauer here. Cord, how you doing? Hey, Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year to you, too. And uh, as I was saying off the air, big week, really good card. I I cannot wait for Myron Reed and Leo Rush. That is a match that as soon as I saw that it was set, I was like, all right, that's fantastic. Uh, Jordan Oliver, who I interviewed recently against Simon Gotch. Von Erichs and the Dirty Blondes, and then you got Hammerstone and Mads Kruger. Uh, this is a big show for you guys. You know, in this time, in this moment, to to try to create ten poles to build stuff to, even though you have no crowds and stuff, you know, it's kind of important to not make the product feel like it's Groundhog's. They were talking about that just before we jumped on. And uh, you know, Kings of Call theme is an event we originally had mapped out for you know version of this last summer and you know the whole world changed and 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 everything kind of vacillated on a schedule from a match maker point of view forward until you you know you're able to film again uh but with leo rush guys like Brian reed uh, i would say that's you know not exactly brilliant booking it's it's kind of lazy booking because it's such a great easy (laughs) match to make but it's such an obvious good one and there's no bigger debut when i was looking at uh at it from a just a matchmaking point of view and promotional point of view than having Leo Rush debut challenging for the world title. Yeah, uh, a fantastic, fantastic uh, a card for, for Kings of Coliseum. You had mentioned that you had it kind of planned for, for last summer. Was was that supposed to be like a summer tradition? Because I remember the first one that you all did was in July mm-hmm. of 2019. Yeah, so we were looking at it being kind of the... An August event, Battle Riot was going to be July, and originally the plan for that was to be in Philly, and that was going to be a pay-per-view. Then it changed. Uh, we were still hopeful we were going to do it as we were closing our deal to zone, and it was going to be the first live special on the zone. 
and then you know just everything vacillates and when you have you know, i try to map out my booking you know at least 12 18 months some stuff i have even 20, you know 24 months out that's kind of like pie in the sky but you hope you get there and things are on that path um but you know i couldn't even see 45 days out at a certain point um in 2020 and then you realize you know there's not much changing 90 days out 120 days out so you're kind of in this quasi hibernation until you feel comfortable going back out there and filming again uh, but it was a you know you can you at this point haven't been in the business since i was about 18 you think you've seen it all and you always say you got to keep learning kind of keep you know adjusting and seeing what's new out there there's just no there's nothing like what's happened in the last year there's nothing to compare it to and how to proceed you just try to use common sense and, and do the best you can but it's uh it's been an unfathomable year are you familiar with your reputation as the wrestler whisperer among online circles do I have a soft voice? I, well, no. <laughs> like, okay. I've heard a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Leo Rush. Like the Seinfeld thing, the whisperer talker? Yeah. I mean, Leo Rush, uh, upon leaving WWE, had a certain reputation. I can tell you, in my experiences with him, he's been great. He's awesome. He's really ambitious. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's an entrepreneur. He does a lot of great things. But there have been some people that have come into to MLW that maybe didn't have the best reputation and we have seen them have outstanding MLW careers and seem very easy to work with and very good to work with. And without naming names, there have been a lot, like I could probably name a half a dozen off the top of my head. (laughs) Do you find that you have a knack for that type of thing? Because I mean, it's, it's a proven formula for these people. It gets them like, if maybe I don't want to say they they've lost a chance or something, but They've they've got this preconceived notion, and MLW has been a really good way to turn that around. You know, I I learned early on uh, that sometimes difficult guys have that reputation because they're passionate. And you have to understand the way they're wired, understand what's the source of that passion or that creates conflict or creates the problems or, or complications. And a lot of them really do have that passion or they live by a code and you have to just understand that and decode it and understand uh, and interpret what they're trying to express. And some guys are very verbose and will tell you exactly what they, they're, they're upset over or their concerns. Um, you know, just try to treat everyone with a, a level of respect and dignity. And, and on top of that, kind of just figure out their, their perspective on things. Um, it, it, I would say probably the best thing I had uh, that helped me understand this was, 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 was my mentor, Gary Hart. Uh, I don't know how many times I'm going to mention his name on this. So if you're drinking, you might be able to take a shot now. Uh, but Gary, you know, had a reputation for dealing with a lot of the same kind of problem children, you know, whether it was Mark Lewin who had some uh, dicey exp- experiences with promoters or the Freebirds, you know, their story about how they were signed to WWF and Andre the Giant fired them. Um, he had his hands full of, of problem children. And so you just have to kind of learn as a matchmaker and booker how to engage those guys and, and realize you both got to get something out of this. You got to have this positive outcome of this or what are we doing here and just try to make it the most enriching experience so that by the end of that tour of duty, whether it's an end, end of a contract or four bookings that you've committed to, the outcome is the fans get a satisfied ending. Uh, the promotion is elevated as a result of your contributions and that your presence 
is not diminished, but in, in further enhanced and, and you have more momentum and energy and more awareness and interest in you than you did coming in. And I, I really hope for most of our guys, if not all of our guys that have gone through the system, that is what they experienced by the time they exit. Be it Davy Boy Smith Jr., who came into us having kind of, I think, just exited New Japan or in the midst of exiting New Japan and had a career crossroads uh, to now being a free agent. I think he's going to have a lot of options out there. Uh, and, and guys like that, um, you want people to have added interest. And, and I think, look, fat too, Hammerstone were, and they're studs. Everyone says, yeah. Oh, I'd love to see that guy in this company or that company. You know, they all tried out for them or they were on the radar or they were engaged, but they ultimately didn't sign them. They just, they didn't, they didn't see what I saw or whatever happened there. Um, and they're thriving here. And that's why those kind of guys, when we engaged them in June or so and said, Hey, you want to talk, you know, we're, we're, we're on this hibernation, but you know, we'd love to talk to you about new deals, offer you more years and also more money and, and up your, 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 your pay significantly. How about it? We batted, we batted a thousand, uh, which is very difficult uh, to do with so much competition out there because they believe in the system, the system got them far and they're thriving in the system. Um, and, and that was, I, that, that blew me away. Um, I didn't expect that. I was going to ask how you even approach that type of thing in a pandemic, especially when you guys were, right. were sort of sidelined. Like how does a company that in, in these unprecedented times even approach the idea of, well, okay, we're going to offer you new contracts. We're going to give you raises. They're going to be a significant amount of time. And knowing that these people, Hammerstone and Jacob Fatu, probably are going to have interest from a whole lot of companies in, in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, we, we asked them, you know, and, and there was no hesitation. They wanted to double down on their time in MLW. And so, you know, that, that in itself, you know, I was humbled by it because you have so many, these are, guys, these are truly talented guys, but they also see that, and that you see it every day in every company. No company is immune to it, all of us. You know, like there's the guy that goes somewhere and like, wow, he just kind of stalled out. And remember, these guys have had experiences elsewhere or they were blown off when they inquired about a company and if they were in a hiring spree. And so that like that that resonates, that motivates these guys to to then show shove it up their ass. And they've selected us as that vessel to do it. And I, I couldn't, you know, maybe it's the right place at the right time. But, you know, we're really we're fortunate with that. Uh, we mentioned Kings of Coliseum, obviously. With that show airing this week, was that a concentrated effort? Because there's a lot of stuff going on this week, and obviously, uh, <laughs> no. I mean, it's no. it's it's a crazy week right now. <laughs> so two things. Um, no, I mapped this out in September. I had no way of knowing that the first week of January, that the way I lined out and booked out my TV only tape that this would be the magical week where everyone's just like, yeah, let's just put our flag up and do something crazy this yes. week. But that's wrestling. And then everyone thinks they're all like conspiring to, to outdo the other. I can't speak for the other parties. I can just say no, because that would not be ideal because there's just all this conversation about everything. And they could say maybe it heats up everything and maybe it does. But yeah. also it's now trying to elbow yourself into the conversation. So it's not ideal. And the same thing goes for like us being on Wednesday night. Um, so we moved to Wednesday because we really wanted to be – uh, during the week, and BN has this on Saturdays, uh, and they have that exclusive window as a, as a network, and we had a streaming right to do something else somewhere else at any, any time of the week, and Fubo came to us, their 
backed by Viacom. Uh, they're backed by uh, Walt Disney Company. Uh, a lot of big players in the entertainment uh, sector. And we closed a deal over the summer, and they became a uh, new streaming partner for us. And, and their idea is to put us in prime time during the week. We're like, this is great. And I'm like, let's do Thursday. Let's do Thursday. This, please not, please not Monday. Please not Wednesday. And they're like, let's do Wednesday. And originally it was like eight o'clock. I was like, can we please, can we move that like an hour earlier at least? And I want to be a good partner. So um, they finally said, okay, we'll give you something. And they moved us to seven, and then we have a replay at ten on Fubo. So that's why we moved uh, to, to Wednesdays. And I think it's important to be out. Uh, we see more energy and chatter about the company on a, on a weekday than like on a Saturday. Sure. Uh, I think just, you know, there's more people in front of a TV than, and especially right now. Uh, but uh, Especially you know, for the wrestling. World, yeah, there's so much wrestling throughout the middle of the week. I think people are conditioned to talk about it during the week unless, yeah. like, there's a big weekend pay-per-view or something. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that we do benefit from is, like, on VN – they have a big soccer match We're that's our lead in. So we'll get this huge tidal wave of, of, of viewers coming off of that. They'll stick with us, especially if we have Mexican uh, talent on the show, but then they see, you know, one of their stars from the homeland. So that will benefit us. But in general, we're seeing a lot more energy and a lot more conversation about the product because we've moved to prime time. Now, if I can only get them to move us to Thursdays, we'll be, we'll be good to go. Is is that something that you're even even able to plan for, like the lead-in, like it, when you're creating this stuff, and you schedule anything or you set up the show? Are you looking even at a specific uh, schedule and saying we might have a good lead-in here? It might be better to lead with this match, this person that that an audience that an outside audience might connect with. Sometimes, like you know, during normal times, yeah, we've had that with special live specials. And so we'll hear, like, the thing where we had a show in Chicago, and the thing was with, like, maybe Rose Parks or maybe it was Lucha Brothers that far back. And it was like, we were, the lead-in was Barcelona versus Madrid from Vienna. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Well, this is, this is, this is, we yeah. got to do this. And we even, was cool, like, they're so supportive and such a great partner for us that, like, they had, like, at their halftime, I think that's what they call them, soccer, uh, at their halftime, they they did a uh, satellite uplink from our building in Chicago and interviewed uh, not the Luchadors but Tom Waller. I don't know why that happened, but that's what happened. Tom was, oh, you know, he, he he's never going to be shy in front of a mic. But you know, they do great integration of their programs and trying to kind of spread it around so there's awareness. Like when we first started uh, BN, we were on Friday nights, um, and we were we were supposed to benefit from Roy Jones junior boxing and their MMA programming from, I think Canada. And we, we actually outperformed both those shows so much so that they moved us to Saturdays, ah. uh, which they, 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 and that, that's why they moved. Cause they, most of their programming is based around weekends because of the soccer and stuff. Sure. All their stuff is driven towards the weekend instead of the week. It's just different strategies for a sports network. Uh, but you know, we were happy to benefit from that and, and be able to kind of grow, uh, beyond that and, and now have our own night. Uh, while we're talking about networks, is it true you guys are talking to a couple of different networks about perhaps making something else happen? Yeah, that, that's kind of my coming into 21. It was actually, you know, our, our big goal for 20 was to, you know, kind of grow our TV uh, footprint in the States. And, and then the pandemic hits and ad dollars go soft, programming schedules go bleak. 
and there's really no those conversations really aren't happening. You're not seeing a lot of these kind of deals happen. So we're all right, we're going to have to punt to 21. And as soon as the calendar flipped uh, and things were getting a little bit more no, uh, normal, uh, ad dollars are getting better. Things are getting a little bit more stable. Uh, there's more of an appetite for for new deals. Uh, we went right back out there with our agency. So I'm actually right now as we record, this is like my fightful lunch. Uh, this is sandwiched <laughs> between two Zoom calls uh, with two major major networks. Um, uh, I, I can't really, I can't, I can't name names, so I'll get into trouble, and I, I don't want to <laughs> complicate things there. But I will I'll say that uh, these are what they call tier one networks. Hmm. Uh, there's tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four. Tier one is the, the, the top of the top. Um, so, you know, we're very cautiously enthusiastic about this and excited to see where this takes us. Uh, and given that the TV landscape just hit the brakes last year, yeah, uh, this is, you know, we're, we're glad there's a light at the end of the tunnel and a lot can happen. Uh, we'll see where these conversations take us, but, uh, taking means, uh, is our thing right now. And, uh, to have the other side of the table so, or the other side of the screen, uh, engaged to level we're seeing is, is very important to us. And, uh, and I'll say BN is, is a long-term partner. So, you know, these talks would expand our. This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently to the untrained ear. Everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Footprint not subtract. Um, but as the only free agent right now in the game when it comes to uh, right fees and what we can do right now. Uh, we're in a really good position, and we're, like, we're, we're glad to see the the network folks are are, are are really interested in having those conversations right now. So uh, would this be to expand Fusion or to add content? How would that work? I mean, you guys have a pretty robust roster as it is. Right. It would. It, I would think it would. It would be new programming. Okay. It, it would be. It would be a new offering of programming. Interesting. I've got so many questions, but I know that you can't. <laughs> I know <laughs> that realistically, <laughs> I know realistically, it, we'd be talking about a hypothetical deal because the deal would no longer exist if uh, you were to spill those beans. Um, Streaming exclusively on Fightful. Now. Yes, yes, exactly, 
Exactly. Uh, you mentioned Tom Lawler. Uh, I am very excited right. for Filthy Island as someone who just got out <laughs> of MMA coverage personally and hired an MMA editor <laughs> because I was so sick of right. dealing with that. Um, if we don't see Tom Lawler put together a media hit piece uh, after after this, <laughs> I feel like somebody's dropped the ball. Like this is, I'm very yeah. excited for Filthy Island. Please tell me anything about this. Uh, this is something we started planting the seeds to, I think last June on our, like, we did like these digital shorts every week called Pulp Fusion to kind of like have connective tissue before pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, just keep our guys active out there. And, and one of the things we started having kind of sprinkling some breadcrumbs around was Filthy Island. And Tom was talking about, you know, the Von Ayers have Hawaii, he's going to have Filthy Island. And of course, right around that time, UFC was doing Fighter Island, the Fight Island, and you know, what would Tom Lawler's version of this look like? And we really had some fun kind of mapping that out. And and by the time it came that we could actually start filming again, uh, those ideas started to come, become more realistic. And, uh, you know, where will this be? What island will it be? Just going to have to stay tuned to see, but uh, (laughs) it's probably not going to be as pretty as by Ireland. (laughs) You know, Yaz Island is not, it's not going to be Yaz Island, unfortunately. Um, will it be Staten Island? You'll have to wait and see. Oh, no, they'll, they'll probably be palm trees. <laughs> they might be inflatable. I don't know. But no, it, it'll be a tropical setting, and uh, you'll have to see which island we end up going with. Um, but it's it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, it's just different weird things to do, temple programming yeah. and do fun shows out of the norm. So it just doesn't feel like, you know, when you don't have a crowd, you have to find ways to just shake it up and, and kind of keep it fresh so it doesn't feel redundant visually. See, I, like like many others, even though I knew it wasn't a realistic thing for the UFC to have a cage on a beach and do fights, I mean, well... It, it looks pretty. It, yeah, yeah. It, they, they, did their, they did their best, but I think there were a lot of people that thought this was going to be like Mortal Kombat on the beach or something like that, and it was it was not that. That's, that's just not realistic. No. Uh, I once did, uh, I once exec produced a UFC fight pass that we did for a company that was on the, off the strip in Vegas. It was outdoor show in September and it was around twilight when we were supposed to start filming the fights we were going to start. (laughs) And the guys go out there, uh, the athletic athletic commission just to, you know, they, they check everything. And they're checking the cage, and they look at the, the canvas, and it's been totally exposed to the, the, the desert sunlight for hours. Yes. Like, if someone puts their barefoot on there, their feet will melt. And so they had to run and scramble and inject cold air, these big tunnels, just blowing cold air, and tarp the top uh, for like 45 minutes. And they just had to delay with a lot of like a very lengthy preamble on camera for our, our the broadcast team just really gave great analysis for a very, very long time until the commission would clear uh, the, the cage so the fires could go in there. It would be cool enough. It would just be sitting there absorbing heat all day. My God. Like, yeah, you never know how – those types <laughs> of things you can't – well, you can prepare for, but it takes like almost like an experience <laughs> like that to prepare for something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean – yeah, and I've always heard – I remember Bruce Pritchard used to tell the great story about Yokozuna on the Intrepid, <laughs> yeah. and I guess – you know, that was just the same situation. It was just July 4th, and the, seat, the sun was just absorbing that heat, and poor Yoko had to endure that. You know, guys would bump and run the hell out of there. 
Uh, speaking of preparation, I talked to a bunch of MLW uh, stars uh, when you all did the restart about the tapings, how that went, right. and they were really putting over the COVID protocols. Like they were, they were talking about how safe you were keeping keeping people. And uh, quite frankly, we've seen some companies that are not doing that. We've seen some companies that are just like, get your temp check, come on out yeah. here. But uh, you guys, it seemed like you all went the extra mile. What what all went into that? Because I mean, I know that's again uncharted territory. Yeah, it it really was one of those things where we really took a lot of time, really going and doing our due diligence. And there were companies that got it right. There was companies that got it wrong. There was companies that were so so. And then we talked to entertainment, uh, well, a few uh, film companies, one out of Canada, to see what their protocols were during this. Uh, we spoke with New Japan, who did a great job of their tapings and how what their criteria was, and they were very helpful and forthcoming with that. And we I hired a COVID compliance officer, which basically took all the responsibility and all the temptation promoter has to look the other way out of my hands and put it in his hands, and he was the boss. So in, in, a, in a sense, if something wasn't right, if someone needed to sit out, that was all on him. He would just notify us. Uh, and he had his own he had his own staff for testing and doing all the things you need to do and, and afterwards giving everyone the, the appropriate paperwork they needed it for various reasons uh, and that really right there just made it easy for us uh, just having someone that's certified that knows what they're doing and it's such a, a fluid situation where the science was changing the testing was changing like week to week at a certain point. And it still is crazy in how yeah. it's evolving and new strains are coming out and all this. So when we did this, you know, we had locked in tests and then all of a sudden college football came in and just took all the tests. Like we were supposed to get them shipped like within like 10 days out. I'm like, where are our tests going to come from? And our COVID compliance officer had to find a, a, a new uh, lab to work with and everything and, and get the test from. And thankfully, I mean, he was, he was a miracle maker, but he was really on the ball. And uh, you see more and more companies, leagues, sports hiring COVID compliance officers, and it's, it's very helpful. It's really helpful. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of wrestlers that, even a couple that went out of their way to contact me to say that they were very happy with, with how that went. Because, uh, I mean, some of these guys are working independent shows, and they didn't necessarily have, and I mean, some independent shows just don't have the funds, and they just kind of got to play it by sure. ear. But, I mean, there were plenty of people that were at really, really big worldwide national companies, and they were like, they didn't take care of us. MLW did. So, I mean, I, th- I think it speaks pretty well to you guys that it didn't take a trial and error for you, or at least for you guys, to realize that we got to take care of these people. And you are playing, you know, we are playing a little bit of Russian roulette because we're inheriting whatever happened the week prior to us, mm-hmm. whatever decisions were made outside of our realm. And, and we're hoping for the best, but we want to make sure we, then we have another layer of protection and testing so when they touch down, they're, they're not even engaging one soul other than the people that are testing them to make sure, okay, we can get a rapid test done, and then we'll do you know, further testing. But you know, you, that's the problem. You know, guys traveling all over the place, what's going on elsewhere? You're not in control of that. You can't control that, and you don't want to pull those guys from the bookings because bookings now more than ever are scarce. So you're just kind of like, I'll tell you, we were all very nervous because if someone gets pulled from a show, all right, how's the booking work? How's the, the booking algebra work to now subtract that guy and you know, I have to add someone else and, and how's that work? Uh, it, it, it was very stressful 
Uh, and we just, we got lucky. I think including production crew, staff and talent, it was like 78 people uh, routinely tested. And we were, you know, we tested them vigorously and we were happy that they, they came back with negative tests every time, you know, I'm, they could have come back positive and, you know, that would have meant the system worked too, but we were just very fortunate that they came back negative. And we were very, you know, uh, in forward thinking, even with the production truck, we had plexiglass between each crew member. So the EVS ops had like a, like a kind of like a makeshift telephone booth in between them kind yeah. of. So you, you, you try to have what you can in terms of precautions and, and clean the ring in between matches and all these kind of things It slowed down production, but it was just essential to do it. We even saw WWE taping mass pieces of content earlier in 2020. When when you all do that, and I mean every every company's pretty much doing it. Every company outside of WWE right now is taping at least a few weeks at a time. I mean, I, I don't want you to really reveal if you had any positive tests, but like, do you already have like creative contingency plans in place if like this person tests positive or not? Because I mean that could affect weeks, if not months, of programming for you guys. Yeah, and you really can't all of a sudden just, okay, like an injury sometimes you can work around it and show a guy, he just lay down and act like he's yeah. just been attacked or something. Like once they, you, you pop a test, it's like you just have to be quarantined. So you don't even have the luxury of a real ride out. So, it's, you know, most guys, we would just basically just say, hey, he tested positive, yeah. so he's out and this is the substitute. You know, there's certain, you know, monsters and stuff like if Madge Kruger tested positive, God forbid, you know, I don't know if we do that. He might just yes. kind of mysteriously go back into the shadows and Joseph Samael will explain he's training or creating something evil. You know, so I think mo- for the most part, we, we, we have it kind of figured out. And you can't really overplan it because you just there's so many moving parts that if you start to get too specific this far out, it, it, you're just going to screw yourself. So uh, we mentioned the restart. One of the, the bits of news that came out of that was it was almost like the Abraham Grandpa Simpson meme. Like people were like, "Oh, Cody Hall signed." Uh, no, he didn't. He's gone. Uh, can you provide <laughs> right. any information on like what happened there, or if, if that was true? He did sign. He was briefly with us. Um, he had some stuff going on that he didn't feel he could uh, uh, participate, and so we said. Uh, we understand, and we moved on, and, and we wish him the best. Um, you know, Cody's a guy that we had kind of looked at probably dating as far back as 20, 2018, 2019, when I, when I wanted to, when I started to create the, the what the dynasty would ultimately be. And at one point, he was a member of it in my mind. Uh, and, you know, we flirted with deals on and off through a two-year courtship almost. And at the end, you know, I just don't think it was a good fit for either party. And you know, there's no animosity on our end. Uh, and we wish him the best with whatever is next in his life, in or outside of wrestling. Down the line, do you see that as a possibility? If, if maybe you all could ever come to terms that maybe he could pop up again? I, you know, I, there's always a possibility. You know, like we were talking about the kind of the top of the conversation. You know, there, there are guys that maybe work. Uh, will work out better here than elsewhere. And there might be guys that work out better elsewhere than here. Um, but I'm always a big believer in second chances. Um, my career in particular, if I hadn't had a second, third, fourth chance, you know, I wouldn't be doing MLW now. So 
I'm grateful for those that gave me a second chance and a third chance. So I guess never say never. As we wrap up, a reminder, guys, uh, Kings of Coliseum, January 6th. You can catch it, gosh, oh, virtually virtually everywhere, uh, like it, all over the place. I mean, you guys you guys have maximized every platform that you have. And again, a great card, Myron Reed and Leo Rush, Alexander Hammerstone and Mads Kruger, who has really exploded in recent weeks. Jordan Oliver and Simon Gotch, that's one that I'm very excited for after speaking to Jordan Oliver and a physically transformed Jordan Oliver from what we saw like yeah. a year ago. He he's still a growing boy, Court. <laughs> yeah, you know, he and what I love about Jordan is he asks so many questions. And there are a lot of guys that just they don't they don't want to soak it up. And and I think if you ask questions, you know, and, and I think young generation, and I remember being his age and you think you figured it all out. So you almost have this boldness that you don't want to open yourself up to that vulnerability of asking, you know, how something works. Or someone shoots down idea, but why? But it's not a defensive why. It's like, I want to learn why. Jordan has such an appetite for knowledge. It's going to make him very dangerous in, in the game, and, and that's a good thing. Um, you know, I'm very proud of how he's evolved and developed over the last year or so in the company. Uh, he's someone that I think people have yet to see a lot of what he has to offer. Um, he has certain qualities. CM Punk was a little older when he was in MLW. But there, and I don't want to make the comparison because that's a hard comparison to live up to. But there's certain qualities I see that are very similar. And uh, Jordan's gonna be his own man. And I think he's gonna have a real strong run. Uh, but he's still filling out. To your point, he, he's, he's you know from a mechanical point of view, he's still figuring out, feeling out things. From from a physical point of view, he's still growing, uh, and he's putting on weight. But people don't realize he's deceptively tall. He's like six yes. two. Uh, and so he's kind of, you know, built initially kind of like a, a basketball player, a little lanky, and he's going to start to fill out. You know, if you remember how Wyndham was, if you ever saw Barry Wyndham yeah. at 18, uh, 19, and then what he looked like by 25, uh, totally different, totally different. And uh, Jordan's someone special. You keep your eyes on. Kings of Coliseum, it's on the uh, zone. It's going to be on Fubo Sports, I believe, Wednesday at 7 and 10. It'll be on YouTube at, at 7, and then, of course, you can watch it anytime after that. And then BN Sports, Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern, Kings of Coliseum. Court Bauer, I want to thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Hey, Sean, thank you so much. I, I, I hope it works out for your Louisville boy, Myron Reed. We're going to have to see uh, tonight. It's going to be a big one. Be a big uh, one. Not a good year for Kentucky sports so far, but <laughs> considering he's he's no. based out of Louisville, uh, we might stand a little bit of a better chance, but I, I am admittedly a homer. I, I'm a homer, so uh, <laughs> sorry, Leo Rush. But uh, guys, until next time, we're out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.